This season, the show is based on the myth of Shambhala. Legend of this lost valley is one of the most ancient Tibetan myths and one of the most striking myths of a sacred landscape, a landscape that inspires stories itself. Traditionally, Shambhala is located in the Himalayas, in the remote part of Tibet, on a high plateau surrounded by a ring of mountain peaks. The myth of a lost Tibetan paradise came to the notice of Europeans in the 1580s, when travelers to the court of the Mughal Emperor Akbar heard strange and wondrous tales of a remote Himalayan world. Although the story is told in a Buddhist text and is considered Tibetan, the tale seems to have been recorded first in India in AD 962. The tale is that there is a land behind the Himalayas full of peace and harmony, where an isolated people live in accordance with the Buddhist precepts, preparing for the day when the world will be ready to live in peace. The kingdom is in the shadow of a white crystal mountain, approachable only through a ring of peaks. Next to the mountain are a lake and a palace. Here the wisdom of humanity is conserved, ready to save the world when needed. The present Dalai Lama says this about Shambhala. Nowadays, no one knows where Shambhala is. Although it is said to exist, people cannot see it or communication with it in an ordinary way. Some people say it is located in another world. Others, that it is an ideal land, a place of the imagination. Some say it is a real place, which can now not be found. Some believe there are openings into that world, which may be accessed from this. Whatever the truth of that, the search for Shambhala traditionally begins with an outer journey that becomes a journey of inner exploration and discovery. Today, Shangri-La is seen both as a place and an era of enlightened consciousness. The Tibetans say that the need to find paradise elsewhere is what keeps us from having it. Wherever Shangri-La is, the search for it continues. This season, the show will be dispatches from my life on the road as a traveling storyteller, healer, and village builder. For some time now, my work has been to pull threads of connection between people and communities that are awakening to the way of life I call the village consciousness. The village consciousness is much like Shambhala. This season will be an exploration of what this global awakening is and how each of us might play our part in it. Together, I hope for us to journey to communities, villages, ceremonies, gardens, people's homes and firesides everywhere to ask ourselves a simple question. How do we live this village consciousness into life together? From time to time, I will refer to ceremony. Ceremony is to me any gathering where the pretense of modern life falls away into true human connection. And I feel it's important to say now that this podcast is a question, not an answer. It's meant to be a big old dialogue creator. And I hope that you will share it with fellow world village builders, community members, and use it as a place to open up dialogue, share, discuss, embody. And I hope that this will be a place where we can create together. Episode one, introduction from a road dog. Hey friends, it's me, road dog. I'm traveling again. Back to life on the road. 
I know it's been a while. This time last year, I got on a plane from San Francisco and flew back to South Africa to live in a tree. Some of you will remember that. It's taken me nearly a year to integrate the scope of that journey. After my time in the tree, I spent a year grounded in the wild, but now I'm back to my work as a traveling village builder. Have you ever heard of the elevator effect? It's when your life seems to go to a different level to the one that you were on. Quite suddenly, your work changes, your friends change, some things fall away and new things suddenly appear. You could say that you made the changes, but it feels much more like a happening. And when I say level change, I don't mean something hierarchical, like you got better or worse. It's more like a frequency change. Someone tuned the dial and somehow you got onto a different station. Well, that's how I've been feeling. I went to the tree on one station and came out tuning to another. And look, I'll be honest with you, there was static and crackle for a bit. My dad had health issues. The safari business at Londolozi has not exactly been booming. My retreat's canceled and no one is traveling. And then I got COVID. Yeah, so there was a bit of static between stations. But then something happened. I landed on the new station and the music was coming through so clear. It was the music of the village. Not my village in Africa, but a village that, that is being born inside people's hearts and imaginations all over the world. A village that those people who it lives inside of are called to manifest into reality. Oh, and you know, the village is full of healers and coaches and gardeners and investors and meditators and psychonauts. The village has biohackers and smokers and vegans and hunters and Park Avenue mamas. The village has misfits and CEOs. You can't define the people of the village from the outside or you would fall into one of the labels of the old world consciousness. You can't try to put the people of the village in one movement or box for the same reason. It defies socioeconomic status because it defines wealth differently. And I can't say I fully understand this, but I will tell you that I have met people from radically different backgrounds who are infused with the village consciousness. If you think some people are in and others are out, you've already fallen into an old trap. And if you don't know what I mean by village consciousness, that's okay, because I don't fully either. That's what I hope we're gonna find out together. I know it has something to do with the quality of connection and community you have in your life to make meaning with. All I can say is this, if you are a part of the creation of this global village consciousness, you know it. Somewhere inside of you, you know. Maybe as I talk, you feel something in you saying village consciousness, yes, yes, yes. And it whispers in you this consciousness. It whispers things like, all healing is for the village. I am here to witness nature. I long to serve. I must make meaning where there is none. I am a friend of life. The children must be taught to want the right things. There must be another way. This has never made sense to me. Teach me to be against nothing. I want to wake up. Show me joy. Bring me my people. Life is intelligent. I'm here for this. Where is the community of tomorrow? You see, the village pulls itself forth into the world as your own longings. And I think that's worth talking about. Maybe the longing, both the joy and the suffering, is bigger than you. Recently, I flew back to the USA. 
naturally vaccinated and in the antigen phase, I should say, to continue my work to serve this world village. And I never want to ramble on these podcasts. I'm not someone who wants to put out content for the sake of it to build an audience. In that way, I'm lucky that I'm happiest alone in the woods. But my audience are the people in this unseen global village consciousness. And I'm going to start talking about it because I feel like now, more than ever, we need to at least try and define what's happening with a story. I'm hoping to tell a story that you can put your own story into so that maybe what you have always known without knowing how to say it will finally make some sense. I say I'm doing it for you, but of course I'm doing it for myself too. I'm going to do my masculine best with words to create a structure to hold something infinitely bigger than me or you. Something that is more defined by the unseen between us. You know, all of that, the fingers that point to the moon are not the moon. My words about this transformation in human consciousness are not it. They point to it. And I only talk about it because I'm looking for it myself. And that I certainly have to be careful not to act like I know what it is, this great simple change. Because let me be clear, I don't. This is an evolving conversation I live in, and I'm just hoping that we can be in it together. If I do have something to offer, it's that the broad geography of my life is giving me insight into the scope of this awakening. I see very specific things happening in people in this awakening, in very different cultures all over the world. And because I'm moving, I see it in a way that maybe you can't if you were statically orientated. And I should say that there's no movement to join. You are the movement. And it's not what you get behind, it's what's standing behind you. The work you do to find your harmony in this and express your way and gifts fully and unencumbered by social conditioning, shame, trauma, fear, or self-consciousness is what I mean by what stands behind you. It is the stories of this village we are making together that will be the siren call of frequency and energy that comes through as podcast telepathy. Think about how wildly mystical this is already. Ideas come to my mind from who knows where, because I had no idea when I sat down to write this podcast what it would be about. These thoughts convert from electrical and chemical synaptic messages into mouth noises called language that are recorded as digital sound waves that travel across the world and reconstitute themselves as my thoughts in your ears, where your brain translates them back into understanding. Can you see how many things had to happen for you to hear this today? So you have to ask yourself, why? How did this telepathy find me today? I want to leave you with a strange short story from the verbally gifted psychonaut Terence McKenna. He used to share this from time to time when he was lecturing. He was talking to a group of people about what it was like to take the hallucinogen DMT when he noticed an old lady in the front row staring at him with riveted attention. McKenna continued in his droning voice. As the state of the hallucinogen hit, I was catapulted through dimensions of what I felt was a flat space-time continuum. It was as if the experience opened infinitely into a state of expanding love, punctuated with everything from saber-toothed tigers to machine elves. Everything was everything, and I was a part of that. Life had no limits, and then everything slowed as I merged with that state. And the small eye of Terence McKenna faded 
so that there was no one left to have the experience, just a state leaving only an empty field of God. McKenna was a master at speaking about the power of ego dissolution that can come during a psychedelic trip. After the lecture finished, McKenna noticed an old lady waiting for him at the edge of the stage. Mr. McKenna, she said, thank you so much. No one has ever put words to my experience so clearly as you just did. You use psychedelics? McKenna asked. Oh, no, 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 said the old lady. I knit. <laughs> and there is the crux of it. For the old lady, knitting was her doorway into the mystery. The presence in it, it created in her was pure ego-dissolving oneness. That was her path. To me, there is a deep truth. To me, that is the deep truth of this journey to the village consciousness we're on. There is no architecture as to how to bring it forth. And my way won't be yours. I have an instinct that the creation of this comes out of individual originality, becoming harmony. In some way, finding your harmony is the mission. Harmony is how when everything is uniquely itself, it belongs perfectly and creates a whole. This podcast series is my response to McKenna's old love cry. Find the others. Find the others. And this is Road Dog from a Starbucks in San Francisco.